0: Welcome to this edition of the Black Tree Diaries MatCast. I'm joined by, as always, uh, Clay Saurtik. And uh, I'd like everyone to welcome uh, a guest of the program today, Flow Wrestling's Christian Piles. Christian, uh, thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Absolutely. Happy to be here, guys.
0: Yeah, uh, after such a great week of wrestling uh, with the NWCA duels going on, lots to talk about um, in the wrestling world. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as, as most of our listeners know, not everything was good uh, this weekend, um, one of the things, and uh, Christian will be the first one to admit it here, was the, was the stream on Flow, uh, Flow Wrestling for the Oklahoma State-Penn State duel, got overwhelmed, and so, um, you know, we don't want to harp on it too much, uh, I, I think Flow has done a really nice job of responding to what happened, but uh, since we have Christian here, uh, Christian, kind of go through and tell us a little bit what went wrong, you know, when you guys knew things were going wrong, uh, you know, just stuff like that.
1: So um, th- that is a, an individual question that when I knew, um, I kind of by default like to be isolated from whatever's going on, whatever feedback on social media is happening. I, I just really wanted to focus on the match. So I actually didn't know we were having issues until halftime and, um, when I saw some faces and, and asked during that break. So that's when I found out. Um, as far as when the team found out, I believe – um, our, what what? Let me just call them our technical team. I don't know what they would actually be called. The, the people that are that actually run the site, the infrastructure involved there. I believe they they were uh, aware immediately of the issues. So um, and and the why to explain the why is difficult because I'm going to have to kind of regurgitate the dumbed-down version from, from our tech team. But but essentially um, what happened was well, we were prepared, so we thought, for, for what was going to happen. They, they were expecting high volume of traffic, and, and the things were tested and tested and tested. And my, my understanding is just one area. Like the, it wasn't an issue where the stream went down, where the stream itself Got overwhelmed. It was the the site itself. Got um, I don't know if overwhelmed or, or is the word, but we it, it incurred more I guess more traffic than the engineering team had planned for, and so it set into it, it, obviously as many people saw. There were probably around um, there, there was a there was a chunk of people who were on the stream ahead of time that were, we're able to watch the whole thing. And so it, it all, I guess for them, for those, for the people that had success, it was because of the time when they logged in or when they opened the stream that they were able to watch. Um, Is it, That's my, my kind of understanding of something I don't, I have very little understanding about, but ba- essentially things were tested. They thought they were prepared. We thought everything was ready. And, um, unacceptably they, they weren't and we weren't. And, um, it ended up costing, um, wrestling fans denying a lot of them the opportunity to watch the, uh, the match of the year. And it's something that, um, you know, for us is, is it's not just a bad day at work. It's a, it's a, it's a huge gutting moment because we're, and I'm talking about the Flores and content team. We're in this community and we know what it means to watch these matches and, and to feel like people are upset with us and disappointed and deservedly so it's just it, it was really difficult. Um, so all I can tell you is we're we're making and and by we I don't mean myself but but Martin and and the engineering team are ramping up extensively I guess to to measures they didn't think would are or would be necessary, but that they're going to have to do in order to um, make sure that this never happens again and um yeah i I don't know there's uh I'm sure there's maybe some follow- ups from, from there um so feel free if I didn't thoroughly answer that because uh you know I, I'm not here to 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 make excuses for what happened because there are none.
0: Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think the fact that he got overwhelmed, um, it, I mean, it's, it's almost a positive thing for the sport in that, hey, this many people wanted to watch the stream, um, which is good. Um, you know, no one's going to overload, overload a stream of two people playing checkers. Um, so I think that's right. good from Flo's, you know, um, from Flo's perspective. Um, and I also think you bring up a good point of it kind of depended on when people got on the stream, um, I, Christian, you're probably not aware of what Thon is, but Thon's this real big thing at Penn State, um, this big fundraiser, and that was ending right at, right at four. And so mm-hmm. my plan was to watch the end of Thon um, for, the, for the total money reveal, which uh, for those Penn State fans who didn't know, we ended up raising uh, over $10 million this year. But um, I was trying to switch over right after, you know, so I was gonna watch that and then switch right over to Suriano, and it, and it didn't work for me, but uh, some of my friends. Uh, who had gotten in before, it had worked. So I just think it was a lot about when you got in to the stream uh, as to whether, you know, the site was overloaded yet or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, a ba- basically a lot of people um, do what you did, which is completely normal. I don't, you know, the football game starts at 3. You cut the football game on at 3, right? You don't, but um, what happened was that's that's what, like, I'm not going to say everyone did because it, it's not everyone. That's what the vast majority of people attempted to do. Um, all get on at once. And that ultimately is what caused um, the the issue. So people that did what what you did, um, Garrett, I think uh, all had a very similar, unfortunate experience.
0: Right. Uh, Clay, anything you want to add or ask a CP on this uh, before we move on?
2: No, jumping in here, uh, one of the things you mentioned that I thought was a, a good sign is it does show that, A, there is a – a large interest in the sport Um, is a good sign for both flow wrestling and just the wrestling community as a whole that we are driving interest to the point where sometimes there's going to be some issues. Um, You won't see that if the sport's not growing. Um, I will say that for many of our fans who weren't able, uh, many listeners who weren't able to listen live um, do get value in going back and watching matches. So I want to, commend Flow for putting that up there. I believe, Christian, you can correct me if I'm incorrect here, um, that the full duel is up for free actually on, on Wrestling.org, correct?
1: Yeah, uh, the entire duel, the two-hour show if you want to watch that, or the individual matches, all all of those videos are free. So I
2: as a fan who enjoys going back and kind of seeing different elements of matches, I know, Christian, you pointed out on Twitter recently um, something you saw in the McCutcheon match that was interesting. Uh, there were various things throughout that I thought I didn't necessarily catch either on the radio stream or the first time through. So that's up to watch. And one of the things I've really liked about Flow Wrestling's response is, obviously, apologies are nice. People like to, to have their themselves massaged, But as a wrestling fan, my, my first concern was, okay, I, I, we don't need to know that you're sorry. We just want to know that. What the company is doing moving forward, and I think you and Martin yesterday did a really good job of laying out here's our plan going forward and how we ensure this is not going to happen again, so I thought that was a a very very positive response and something that I think a lot of wrestling fans needed to hear
1: yeah, I'm sure uh and you know that's that's the way it should be. I met with our um chief i don't know what product guy whatever, and he uh You know, he assured me that that it was going to be, this wouldn't happen again, and I think steps will be taken. And, um, yeah, so obviously apologies are nice, um, but, but we're, we're, they're going to do something about it. But also, in addition to the apology, um, refunds are, you know, for for anyone that wants a, a full refund, that's available. If anyone wants to keep their subscription, um, but was affected, they, they can get two months free on, on Flow. So that's um, does it make up for it? Probably not. There's nothing like watching an event live, and um, but you know those are the steps that we can do a- after something like that happens.
2: On
0: um, right, and, uh, go ahead. and and with all the content coming up uh, in rest of the next couple of months, uh, it might not be a bad idea for people to forego the refund and take the two free months. At least, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously we, we hope that that's, that that's the case that, um, you know, people would find value in, in our subscription, in the events we do, in the documentary series we do. Um, yeah, I, I hope that that's, that's the path that people choose and they don't feel like, uh, you know, we've, we've betrayed their trust cause we, uh, we want wrestling to win in, in the biggest way possible and we need the wrestling community to do, to, to be united to do that.
2: On a bit of a more fun note here, um, Obviously, issues aside, we still had a fantastic duel for people to watch. Um, Obviously, you were in Gallagher-Iber Arena. Uh, Sellout crowd and, I believe, record crowd, correct?
1: Record crowd for that venue. um, Wow. Because – and and it's interesting because they they had a full sellout the night before for the basketball game, but – basketball floor we they put chairs on it so there's there's like i don't know a couple hundred extra spots for for people to sit so um they were able to break the record the highest and it's the only um and you can check this i don't think uh, this isn't this isn't fake news It's the only basketball gym that's named after a a wrestling coach so um it's kind of a very fitting place for for that to happen
2: yeah yeah not
0: even iowa can, can claim that so
2: I think, um, yeah, great crowd, um, and for those, again, for those of you who want to go back and watch the Duel, because I know there probably are a lot of you that want to see it, I, I mean, I would highly recommend it, um, starting out here, you want, you want to get into talking about the Duel?
1: Hey, I'll go anywhere, I love talking wrestling.
2: Um, starting out here, 125, um, big matchup of New Jersey and New York State champs behind before, um. Penn State, Nick Suriano, one loss on the year. Piccinini, I believe, came in with, was it, three losses or something on the year? Um, yeah, may- maybe, yeah, around in there. A top top 10, or fringe top 10 guy, and I know you had mentioned that this was one of the areas that this was a, a toss-up, and I, I felt pretty confident as a Penn State fan that Suriano would win this, but I did not think that there was going to be a, a large margin of victory, and those first, I mean, other than... The, Nick's early shot when he got in, it was kind of a tense first period.
1: Yeah, I felt that way also, and and, and I didn't. I don't know that I viewed it as a toss up, I but I did view it as one with with toss with upset potential, um, because of a lot of outside factors. And um, you know, the, obviously that didn't really play out. I mean, the guy had the lead and he busted his ankle. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought Nick battled. I think we're gonna see Nick have a nice big 12s in NCA and I need to clarify that. I'm talking about Nick Piccinini yeah. right now I I thought he wrestled really well um I thought he showed his speed that he could get to guy, that guy's legs but man that the one attack where Piccinini got in really nicely it looked like he even set him on his hip or that like he almost sprawled to his hip the recovery by Soriano was was even more impressive so I think both guys showed um, their metal to an extent, and you're right. It was a tense first period, and I really think that um, uh, Piccinini may, maybe not would have pulled the upset, but I think that match would have ended pretty close, and I think he would have gotten a, f- a few more opportunities to score um, had that ankle injury not happened. But that attack by by uh, Soriano was was beautiful.
2: Yeah, I think one of the things that will be interesting with with each of these guys going forward is how they do the second time around with guys, what the, what they picked up from the first matches either in duels or in tournaments see how a Soriano messes up with like a Lambert or a Gilman or a Lizak and then with Piccinini how he does at Big 12s or NCAAs to see what he's learned because you expect a, a fairly stark learning curve for freshmen even though Piccinini's a redshirt freshman.
1: Yeah I agree I agree with that completely I think I think we'll see that curve um, from both of those guys.
0: So then uh of course, we all know Nick, uh, injury defaults. Uh, at the time of this recording, it's, it's about 3.30 on Wednesday. Uh, there is no media availability this week due to Penn State, not wrestling. Um, so the only chance Kale will have to really address that will be uh, tonight, as in Wednesday, at the coach's show. Um, so, you know, by the time you're listening to this, we might have a clear status update on Nick Siriano, but uh, we really have nothing to report on that front other than what Coach Cale said. Um, but yeah, so we start the duel off and, you know, you're looking there and Oklahoma State gets those six points, you know, probably not the way Oklahoma State would have preferred to get six, but six nonetheless. And they go into another match looking for six points too with Cade Brock and George Carpenter, but George Carpenter, uh, and has, he's been doing better and better at this as the weeks have gone on, staying off his back, uh, and, and saving points for Penn State in duels.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I was I was going to say just just that, you know, this is not a guy, this is a guy that's outgunned right now. And um, I think everyone kind of kind of sees that, but his fight is there and um you know, he he, he saved a bonus point. And maybe you could argue too um, because Cade Brock has pinfall potential, but it didn't happen. And um yeah, Carpenter, you know, probably not going to qualify for the tournament, although, you know, one a solid Big 10s could could get him in there as the Big Ten is going to qualify a lot of spots as they do in most weights. But uh, yeah, you know, when, when you have a guy go down, some some teams and some spots have real depth. Like Penn State's got depth at a lot of places, but they don't have they don't have the depth at at one thirty three, and that uh, ultimately hurt them.
2: Yeah, um, I thought uh, as you mentioned, I thought he saved two team points when we um, did last week's episode. I, I thought Brock was going to come away with six points and. After the first period, I believe it was, what was it, 10-3 or something, after the first period, I was even more convinced that that it was going to be at worst, or at best, I guess, for Penn State, a technical fall for Brock. Um, And I said all year I think Brock may be the second-best wrestler in the country at 133, but um, Mm -hmm. just a really gutty effort by Carpenter. Um, Really good job with his gas tank. Um, You always kind of wonder about... About guys like that who come into the lineup mid-season, their conditioning. But um, I think that was a really, really important moment in this duel, which I know sounds silly given the margin of victory, but just kind of stem the flow of momentum. Um, I must say, quieted the crowd. at all. Obviously, there's a great crowd at Oklahoma State, but when you there's a big difference between 12-0 and 6-0 just from a mentality standpoint. Or 12-0. Yeah, and I mean those
1: those. I think the fans uh that's an educated that's a smart uh group of fourteen thousand people there. They know what happened in that match and they know what should have happened, they know what did happen. I-, I wonder I feel like Cade was like so offensive, did he just wear himself out attacking so much? I don't know. Uh it was it was cool. a weird it was a weird finish, you know. Uh he got a little sloppy at the end, nice far ankle by by Carpenter and then the ride out um to kinda seal it. But um yeah, it was that's a those little things could add up and if the matches materialized a little differently um, you know maybe we're looking at that match and that bonus point save is you know the real focus
0: look at the guys that Carpenter's had to wrestle though I mean he's had to wrestle Corey Clark he's had to wrestle Nathan Tomasello Zane Richards Eric Montoya now Cade Brock I mean I think all (sighs) those previous experiences really helped him uh, staying off his back in this match I mean that wasn't the first time he's dealt with an opponent Who's a lot better than him all year. Um, you know, I would like to see George get to wrestle some some more kids outside the top 20. Uh, I mean, the, the Big Ten is so low to 133, just to see how he would do, because he, he looks to be so improved even from a month and a half ago.
1: Yeah, he's, his uh, November was pretty rough, but you know, uh, a good measuring stick that, that maybe is important is a 2-1 loss to Mitch McKee. I think you look at you can look at that match and say, "There's a guy, fringe top 20-ish type of guy that he needs to be, uh, that he can co- compete with." But you know, he lost to the um, the Northwestern guy, yeah, which is you know, Rides, which one, pros-
2: was one that we weren't sure yeah, about.
1: Ipsur- right, right. So that's not a that's not a great loss. I, I think huh. I think Carpenter's Carpenter's a project right now. I think.
2: Yeah. Up at uh, but in, du-
1: in duels, in duels, guys like that are important. Guys like that do things like that. Yeah, save,
2: I mean, you're saving team points. So I was pretty sure. Like I said, coming into the duel, that I thought it was going to be six. Um, not to move off of this, but 141. Unless you guys have more, at 133, 141. Probably the most interesting matchup of the duel in hindsight.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I mean. Certainly, certainly not without controversy. Um, Dean Heil is 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 rolling the dice against a lot of uh, elite guys, and he and Jimmy Gulabon, you know, firing off a different attack. It was interesting. I'm sure Heil was very prepared and expecting that the high crotch, that mm-hmm. that you know, cl- classic high crotch of of Jimmy Gulabon we've seen for years, and to see him have what I will call effectiveness with his single leg and a position where I thought Heil would really succeed head inside, but Gulabon did about as much as you can do as far as finishing, did everything but finish, and, and, and may have arguably uh, pinned, pinned Dean Heil.
2: Yeah, um, it's good to have Christian on here because uh, it's, it's tough to get an objective voice, a truly objective voice from Garrett or I. Your thoughts on the end of the second period and how it should have been scored?
1: Well, I, I, think, I think the end of the second period shines a light on rule problems. That we have um, uh, um, what, what I'll call a loophole rule where you can be held on your back for 30 seconds at a time, not improve, not come off your back, have your legs controlled and, and because you're reached, be- you're reaching between the crotch, somehow you're not being controlled. Um, I think that is the definition of control if you can't get off your back. So while I'll, I'll say that letter of the law, maybe that's not too. Um, and I'll say also, r- remember, was there a moment when he was in 100% pin criteria? I think there was. But what, what everyone has to remember, and Penn State fans especially have to remember, is it's, it has to be a second, okay? Mm-hmm. A second's a long time. A 1,001, on your back, that entire time. And, and so I think uh, Mike Haggerty, who was put in a lot of very difficult positions this entire duel, 149 and 141 especially, I thought I thought he, um, I thought he did an okay job, given the rule set that he is required to officiate within. Um, that's a that's one of the best refs in the country, and you can maybe you can you could put a still picture up and say, "Well, there it is." But at the same time, he's got to be there for a second flat. So to me, it's a rules issue, not an officiating issue. But um, I, I would have liked to have seen um, I would like to see a set of rules where where Jimmy is rewarded for for the wrestling action he did.
2: And one of the things that initially came to mind. Uh, for those of you who watched last year's National dual Championship Series against Oklahoma State was the non control fall that was given to Nico Mega-Lewis at 125 against Eddie Clamara. Uh, if I recall correctly, Clamara was draped over the top and Mega-Lewis kind of leaned back into him. I thought this might have been more of a pin th- than that situation where I-, I didn't know that Nico had control. Um, so I-, I think, again, it speaks to kind of the loose rolls where there's a little bit more subjectivity there, which isn't necessarily on the referee. It's just, there's no, I mean, there's no definite call there.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I agree. And I remember that I was actually at that, um, that duel and recorded it. And I seem to remember the, the direction in which my camera was shooting. I didn't have Clamara's blades. Um, but I remember thinking, uh, that was pretty fast. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember thinking, uh, I I was like, man, I yeah. think I think the ref wanted to get a give Nico a, a kind of a fun moment. Um, that not, not really, I don't really believe that. But um, I, I didn't think that was, and I would probably agree that Jimmy pinned um, Heil more than Nico pinned Clamara.
0: Back to back to what you said earlier about. Um, you know Jimmy varying up his attacks against Heil, not going for that high crotch. You and Clay can speak more to this than I can. You guys have the more technical knowledge of the sport. Do you think against a kid like Heil who maybe doesn't have the size advantage over Jimmy as some of the kids at that weight, and especially the kids that Jimmy struggles with, that he's more likely to go to a, a, a low single against a kid like Heil than whereas a, a good combination is like an Ashnell where he doesn't want to get stuck underneath him on a low single. Um, he doesn't can me in trouble. Do you guys think that could have played in, in, into Jimmy's uh, decision to uh, to go with some singles?
1: I don't. I don't think it's a size uh, issue with Jim, Jimmy's problems. I don't think. He, I don't think he's like, wow, Ashnault's big. I'm going to shoot this shot instead of that shot. I think it's, you know, when he gets in, and he can get in on just about anyone in the country. When he gets in, he struggles to to finish. Um, he has some of the best go behinds in the country as well. I, I think. I think that's what you're looking at. I think, and I think that Penn State probably, it may not even be probably, it could be definitely, implements the best game plans for each one of the athletes. I thought we saw a great game plan implemented against Dean Heil, and he did everything. I think he executed, but he did ever couldn't quite uh, get his hand raised. So I, I think he's getting probably a, a, a smart plan from the coaching staff and. Um, that's what's dictating what Jimmy Gulabon does more than uh, something with size. I don't know what what Clay thinks about that.
2: Yeah, I think uh, you make an interesting point regarding game plan, which I'll touch on later uh, when we kind of get to 197. But um, I think, Jimmy, one one of the things that we've mentioned on the pod before is a few weeks ago he said he's not necessarily wrestling to win. He's going out to wrestle to score points. And ever since Mm. that kind of revelation, you've seen – just a looser Jimmy Goluban where maybe the result doesn't end up in your favor, but you feel like you're getting to your offense and, and doing things that put you in positions to win matches. I mean, if you do those things again and again, you're going to win more often than not. Yeah,
1: I agree. It's
0: that far fetched for a kid like Jimmy at a weight class at 141. And he's now wrestling well. I mean, he, he was right there with Dean Heil, you know, argued he could have beat him. He's a kid that's not going to struggle with the cut, a nationals, and a three-day weigh-in. Is it that out of the question for him to be wrestling Saturday night?
2: I think so. But, but like what I said with with um, you before on the podcast, I think Heil's the best wrestler at the weight. But Gulabon matches up better with Heil than he does with about four or five guys in that top kind of six. Like, I, I think he matches exactly. up better with Heil than he does a national or a McKenna or particularly Kevin Jack. Uh, it's weird. I think he's almost in a better situation should he meet Heil earlier than he would meeting a lower seed.
1: Yeah. Like McKenna is, is in my opinion, the closest thing to a, to a death sentence um, as far as his top side aspirations. Uh, I think there, are, you mentioned Kevin Jack. That's going to be a really tough guy. He struggled with Ashnault uh, traditionally. Um, we haven't seen the Kolodzic match before. Um, I think you could go with with a Kolodzic. So I think I think what Clay is trying to say, Jimmy pulling off uh, an upset at NCAs or Big Tens is um, entirely possible. But what you, the things you have to do to make it to Saturday night are you have to have a game that is that transfers that transcends kind of style okay you can't just make it and and have a glaring hole and I think I think Jimmy has I don't know if they're glaring holes but he's got uh, areas where he can be exploited and has been exploited throughout his career so for that reason I would say um, no Jim, Jimmy's not gonna be wrestling on Saturday night um, but certainly ruling out an all-american status for for Jimmy would be idiotic
0: yeah I think yeah, I mean I'm not I, I'm not picking him to get there or anything. I'm just wondering if, if the matchups fall right for him, uh, what could happen. You, you would
1: need you would need like a um, a Miles Martin level Bryce Meredith uh, maybe path to, path yeah, I mean path the, to, I no mean, the not Bryce Meredith think think about Bryce Meredith true Meredith through. did take out he, Michael he, Jordan and he and beat Jack. Kevin Jack Michael Jordan and Joey McKenna his Goodness. draw was awful he, he just hey, beat him all. That. but like you know Miles Martin beat you know Hammond and um, what's-his-face, Leland
2: Weatherspoon in the semis? Like, come on. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that was that's the bracket the kind of th-
0: that fell out.
2: I think one of the things that impresses was- me most about Heil at this weight is I think there's probably about four or five better athletes in that top, like, eight, and he's just crafty. And maybe it is the scrambling, but I think, like, Arsenal might be the best athlete of any of them. And just he plays kind of almost into Hile's hands because Hile will let you in on those legs and come out on top.
1: Yeah, there's just not many guys that can simulate the things that Hile does, and um, yeah, I I agree. He's he's probably not the most athletic guy, but um, the the guy's got a real strong will uh, to win, and, and he's got skills behind him.
0: I, I agree with all that. Let's go to 149. Um, of course, Hile's uh, win brought the duel to 13 nothing. And that would be all the points the Cowboys get. Um, Though this uh, was closer than maybe some people thought. um, Zane Rutherford against Anthony Kalica. Uh, Kalica um, has a win over Brandon Sorensen this year. Um, You know, was an All-American last year, I believe, as well. Um, And Kalica wrestled one of his best matches uh, in his collegiate career. I can't remember the last time um, Zane didn't record a takedown. Yeah, I think
2: the last time... Um well, was it B.J. Klagan last year? Was there a takedown in that match? I, would
1: have, I think it was Klagan. I think he beat him 2-0 yeah. or something. But, um, so that's uh, oh, a year and change.
2: I'll pose you this question for, to, for Christian. Is Anthony Kalica... Was this a matter of Anthony Kalica really, really raising his game this year? Or Zane Rutherford not wrestling as well as he did early in the year? What, what do you, think? How, what do you think, think the gap is like here? Is there a gap?
1: Uh, there's a gap. I think there's a gap. I think, um, it's a combination. I think guys are, when, when you're the number one guy undisputed and remember, um, people who didn't listen to me, um, <laughs> di- yeah. didn't, didn't have Zane as the hands down national champion last year. I thought there's no way anyone beats this guy, but small, a lot, right? a, a, a <laughs> lot of people, a lot of people. So he, what, what the point I'm making is, um. He was the the standard coming into this year. The guy that everyone was trying to figure out. He wasn't that last year, and then he was just this revelation. It was too late. He was a runaway train, and there's no no knocking that guy off. Um, and he still hasn't been knocked off. But the gap narrows um, when when you're the target, by and large. And I, I think yeah, he hasn't been getting to his legs as consistently. And I don't know if it's if if guys are taking away a setup. I think guys are being more positionally sound. He really capitalizes on positional errors, maybe as good as anyone in the country. And maybe so. like Jason Knopf will take a shot, whether it's there or it's not. I think, I think Zane Rutherford is a little more calculated and they're both absolute killers, but they, they, they have different weapons. Obviously they're very different wrestlers. Same for Bo Nickel. Um, so right now I think you're seeing one, and I've been saying this all year. Um, Anthony Kalka is wrestling at a much, much higher level. okay? He has raised his level in a lot of ways. Not just that um, he beat Brandon Sorensen, but there's a lot of evidence this. Now, he did lose to LaVon Mays, a longtime nemesis and rival. Um, but, combination of Kalka improving and just to have a memory, Zane Rutherford's never blown out um, Anthony Kalka. It's been. 2-0, and it's been 4-1 in in their history. So, Colica, unlike many others, has been able to compete with and wrestle with um, Rutherford. So, I, I, I honestly, I'll admit, I'm I'm kind of surprised that um, he's had two matches that are that close. Um, but you also have to back up and remember, this is a human being. That Brent Metcalf had his Kevin Lavalley win. Mm-hmm. Um, that that people freaked out about what's going on with Brent Metcalf? What's going? On? Well, he wrestled a, a pretty really good guy. good guy that 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 presented challenges, that tied him up with two on ones, and, and made things difficult. And guys are going to find ways to make things difficult and, and and steal a match against Zane. That's not really how the Sorensen match materialized. That was that was kind of a shootout, uh, honestly. But he's he's not as dominant on top, which is. Um, surprising you, you wouldn't think I could see I can see guys making adjustments from neutral but um bottom is you kind of feel like it is what it is but um he hasn't been turning quite as high now I'll say this I think he's going to steamroll everyone Big Tens and NCAAs and so I think your last moment as Penn State fans being worried about Zane Rutherford are are now past, and he's not going to give you any more uh, anxiety he's going to go undefeated and win it all
0: I think what, See that's what I said about him being on top too, but was that he was not as good? And I'm not sure if it was on the show, Clay, or off the record. We were talking about this, and you were like, "No, he's fine." I agree with Christian. I don't think he's been the the guy on top that he'd been in years past uh, this year.
2: See, I, I think one of the things that is, is different is you're seeing guys get to the feet or, or get to their feet from bottom a little more, whereas. Maybe it's because Rutherford's a bit more active looking for turns as opposed to, for the first year and a half or so, wrestling folk style, he was almost strictly riding legs, just throwing legs in and riding legs until about the, beginning, the middle of last year, beginning of last year. Um, yeah. But I think that could have something to do with it. I'm also very interested to see how much freestyle stuff he's working in the room. Um, not that I think he's neglecting folk style, But I would not be surprised if if they're doing a little more stand-up, a little more freestyle stuff. Um, But again, these guys he's beating are outstanding wrestlers. I mean, we looked at at Logan Stever when Rutherford knocked him off and said, what's wrong? And we looked at Ed Ruth when Gabe Dean knocked him off and said, what's wrong? Only to realize, like, oh, these guys are outstanding in their own right.
1: Yeah. Oh, wait, they're legends. Hold on. Um, yeah that's a great point that's a great point often when you have like recognized greatness like you do with Zane if there's something that that's deviating from that then it's probably someone else is, is pretty elite
0: all right let's let, let's look ahead to 157 uh, Christian uh, our favorite segment in this podcast is a little game we call what did Jason Nolf do uh, Christian you want to tell us what Jason Nolf did to jojo
1: well he did a, he did a lot of bleeding I think that's a that is a that is good sportsmanship by Jason. I don't think he should be allowed maximum blood to start or finish a match. So I think that's a nice gesture. Sportsmanship is not dead, guys. Um, but in general, he—he he, um, it was just leg attacks, really, for the most part. Normally, he'll like he'll throw in at least one completely ridiculous thing. He did try. We watched something he did a couple times where he like he was like just trying to like step over the head in a scramble where Joe was on his leg, but um. For the most part, it was just a a kind of a typical Jason Knoll dismantling, where um, he just finds—I mean, guys can't go with his pace for one. Uh, He he does—he's the most active wrestler maybe in the country, and um, he's he's so good at getting the legs; it's unbelievable. And um, you know, he knows how to finish. He's just—he's just very complete. So it was—it was more more clinical than than we're used to seeing with with jason
2: my question is uh because i i don't know i definitely didn't think so going in i'm still a little confused coming out is jason all 15 points better than joe smith when joe smith's wrestling well because that just something looked and it has all year what's up with joe
1: um well, I don't think Joe is completely healthy. I don't think he's been healthy. He dealt with an injury a year ago, um, and I think it's that same exact injury. I don't think he's been able to train like you need to be able to train to compete with someone like that. Um, and and I think a byproduct of that was, was his weight got high too, just not being able to train and whatnot. So um, I don't think that's the best version. I, I think we've obviously watched Joe Smith. A year ago, and and we know how good he can be. You don't just lose that without some outside factors coming in. So um, I would agree, but at the same time, um, Jason did major him at NCAs a year ago. So and I thought that might um, be
2: closer to what the score was. Maybe like a six to eight or nine point differential. But that also was. I don't remember whether there was back. There had to have been back points in that one, just because I, I believe the score was eleven to three. I don't-
0: well, yeah, I, I think don't... JoJo. The, the, I think there was an. In, I think there was uh, a time in the match where JoJo took injury time, so Jason got choice. That would have yeah, given Jason could... another point.
1: That could be right. Um, I'm not entirely.
0: Because I know. Th- I, I know there was a delay in the match. It wasn't just like seven minute wrestle.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's just a, a very wow. interesting thing to see Joe struggle like that. you kind of, I mean, I think Joe Smith's on a different level than. As Leva- a Joey LaValle for was that who he lost to for yeah. zoo? I, I think LaValle a, a pretty good wrestler but I, I think Joe Smith coming into the season I mean all things considered if we thought he was going to be healthy and fine with the weight is kind of on a tier above that so that was I think my first inclination where okay something's amiss
1: yeah yeah I think you know he lost to that he lost to Cutler at the scuffle Um, he just hasn't been as offensive he hasn't been Penetrating to the leg, he hasn't been taking leg attacks. Um, he's been just looking for a pick, basically exclusively, and not much else. So, that, um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what else to say other than he's he's a different guy right now.
2: Yeah. Um. All right.
0: Let's go to 165 here. Um, so at the intermission, uh, Penn State's brought it back now to uh, 13 to eight uh, after the technical fall. By Jason Nolf, though of course important to note, just like uh, his tech fall last uh, last week, that at NCA is a tech fall like that with no back points is only going to get him one bonus point, not a bonus point and a half. Um, so 165, we have a match who a lot of people thought was a toss up, uh, in- including me. Um, but Vincenzo Joseph wrestles his most complete match of the year, best seven total seven minutes of the year. And, and really dismantles uh, Chandler Rogers.
1: Yeah, I was, um, I was kind of like, Willie and I talked a while on radio and off about this match, and I was supremely confident in Vincenzo Joseph. I kind of, I wavered on radio, um, you know, because, you know, there's, there's reasons for that, but um, Willie was really confident in Chandler. So I, I was I was curious what what we were gonna see and I I just I just trust a guy. I'm just always gonna go with the guy with the leg attacks. attacks. Like just by and large. But whether you know, it may bite me sometimes, but by and large that's what I like. That's why I like Freddie Stroker. People you know, I've put that guy in so many daggone predictions. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I think that guy is elite. I think we're gonna see Freddie Stroker. I know this is not the Cornell or the Minnesota podcast, but I, I'm illustrating my point that I, if you can get the legs, if you have if – you, if you, Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's got a little whippy in him. So I, I just think that is what really, really matters at this level, the guys that are athletically able to get the legs. And that is what – that is Vincenzo Joseph. That's what he does at an elite level. Uh, and he does a, lot, a couple other things pretty elite too. He's got some freaky hips. Um, but seeing, seeing him dismantle Chandler is like – um, you know, it's telling because he basically, and if we didn't already know, if you didn't watch the Keaton subject match, um, and, and figure out it was a fleet, figure out that that was a fluke, then shame on you. But if you needed any more evidence, okay, surely we, we can stop talking about that match. Um, cause, cause that's just not who, Ch- who Vincenzo is. And, you know, I think it's kind of in- inarguable. He is someone that can... Can make the finals, uh, provided he's opposite Isaiah Martinez um, and who he had a competitive match with. I don't feel like he really had many opportunities to win, but um, it, the the win over Chandler Rogers. Rogers, his his hope was to catch him with something big, and I didn't feel like he initiated uh, those threats enough upper body. And if you guys watch Vincenzo's freestyle, you know that. Uh, he's no slouch upper body either, so that no. uh, that is not a uh, a clear advantage for Chandler. So I thought that was a great thought. It was thought it was a great match. I thought, um, I thought it was over. Then I thought this is not happening. Um, you're gonna see. You're gonna see uh, Penn State pull this out and 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 pull it out. They did, but I mean they, they ended up running away with it. But that was one where you come out of it. Joe Smith just got tech followed halftime, you're nervous, this is the match you want to see, and you just don't have any answers, at least in that match. Um, that that makes it tough. And the crowd was out of it up until uh, 174. They had one more amazing moment in the Mark Hall mm-hmm. match, which I'm sure we'll get to later. Yep. later.
0: Um, Going uh, to turn. the third period.
2: Hmm. On the tenzo the yeah. match, I, I think you really hit the nail on the head when it comes down to, to leg attacks. Uh, I thought that would make the difference... I think I had predicted somewhere around like a seven four, eight five type of thing where there were going to be points put up back and forth. I didn't expect a major decision. But one of the places I think the lack of leg attacks really hurt Chandler is he's not made to come from behind if he gets behind early in the match. No. Because he's got to then look upper body and look for the throw. And if you can kind of just kind of keep your hips back and stay out of that where you don't have to engage, I don't think it, it suits Rogers well at all. Um, one of the things I think yeah, that's is interesting. a great that's a great point. One of the things I think is interesting with with Chenzo going forward is that bracket, at both Big Ten's and NCAAs, is going to be interesting to see because seating is going to be very very important. Yeah.
0: The Big Ten tournament is so important for the NCA tournament at, at that weight, especially
2: because yeah, he's going to have to have a nice showing. That loss to to Jordan, where he should have won. I, I mean, I feel comfortable saying he should have won that match. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna fair. it's gonna hurt him with seeding because it puts him on Imar side of the bracket in NCAAs and could very well put him on IMAR's side of the bracket come or, or first the Big Tens and could come NCAAs. and it also gives him a potential very very difficult quarterfinal matchup should he get there in NCAAs where you're looking at maybe a guy like a Daniel Lewis.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that could be a like a four or five. Although, in my opinion, uh, it's there for Vincenzo. Uh, he he needs to get third. Period. Um, he needs to yeah. wrestle back and get third. Now,
2: yeah,
1: you
0: know, why? It, why is Martinez – like? I I like uh, Martinez wins all a lot. In fact, he's only lost once. But I don't understand like watching the Vincenzo Imar match the first time. I can't come down. And say, oh, uh, yeah, Ascenzo's definitely losing to Imar the next time they wrestle. There's no shot at this. I mean, I, I, I think Imar is vulnerable, not just to Vincenzo. I, I, think, I think there's four or five kids that Imar is vulnerable to um, in the postseason. See, Imar, yeah. like me, is like,
2: it's how I feel with Heil, even though I think Imar's significantly better. Let me clarify that. Where he's almost like Teflon. In the, even if the match is close, it's just, he gets it done. And it doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter whether it comes down to an escape, a ride out, a takedown. He just, I don't know, I think I've doubted Isaiah Martinez for the last time.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, after I watched what he did in the Big Ten Finals with, with Nolf last year, I was like, I'll, I'm never, never going to pick against him again. I thought um, this is a guy that you know maybe has the strongest will in the country. Um, j- just in, I mean, I feel like he willed himself to, to win that match, and that was a match where both guys neither would relent, and he just figured out a way. Uh, I do think that he is removed from the field, though the the margin of victory may not be there. I just I I've got the highest confidence in Isaiah Martinez. He's not the biggest lock in NCAA wrestling. Uh, right now, but I, I would be stunned to see him beaten. I don't think he's vulnerable. I think the, he's one of the best wrestlers in the in the country.
2: The, he was able to shut down Massa's offense. Was I think the point for me where I was like, uh, okay, because I, I think Logan Massa from from neutral might be the best wrestler in the country at that weight, and. Yes he didn't really come all that close.
1: No, he didn't. I didn't think so either. Um, yeah. Uh, Logan Massa is probably the second best guy at the way, at least. Yeah. I feel pretty confident in saying that he's beaten Isaac Jordan twice now and really left. No, there's no question. Convincing. A better guy in both those, both those matches. It wasn't like the, you know, Vincenzo Zeke match where you can watch it and say, well, should have won, but didn't. Um yeah
0: all right, let's head to one hundred and seventy four pounds um Mark Hall against uh Kyle Crutchmer, who certainly did not look anywhere close to one hundred and seventy four pounds um to be quite honest um wow. He, uh, I think was,
1: that's more about your guy than than Kyle Crouchmer. Crouchmer is huge. huge, though. I, I don't know.
2: Gigantic. Maybe the weight doesn't say it because, and I could be wrong. But I feel like looking at Kyle Kretschmer, just to get through this quickly against any one seventy four. He looks massive, and it might just be like the yeah. way the way he's defined. But I feel that way like against. Yeah. He just looks gigantic. I don't know yeah. how he makes one seventy four. Uh,
1: he's big. He's he's a big. He's a big kid for sure. Um, but, yeah, Mark Mark's uh, Mark's stature and build just kind of um, – he just looks smaller than everyone. I don't think he is. I think he is. That cut to 74 kilograms for him, I, I know that's eight pounds lighter or whatever. Uh, I'm not good at math. But um, that was really – that's really hard for him. Um, that's a difficult cut. At least uh, that's what I've been made to understand. So uh, I don't – I don't think he just walks around and hops on the scale. Maybe he does. But I just think he just doesn't have those man muscles yet. He's still a true freshman. He's in and, and more than anything. He's 20 years so old, to head. be fair. Yeah, so what I was going to say is it's not so much about the true freshman thing. It's about has he ever been in a in college real weight room? Weight yes. room scenario. I don't know. I don't know that he has. So I, I think he's just got some room to grow. I think he'll fill out.
0: Uh, but, I mean, he's certainly still a threat. To bring home the uh, the trophy in March, the the big thing I'm weary on with Hall is a little bit to what happened to Jason Nolf last year, where um, Nolf comes into the finals, um, and I've I've heard this directly from Kale. Um, Nolf weighed in that day a good bit under uh, 157. Um, Imar was pretty much right in the dot, and then Imar went and bulked up a lot. So you know Imar probably had seven, eight, nine pounds on Nolf. Um, I'm worried the same thing can happen to Hall in a potential finals match where he just gets someone who ends up being a couple pounds uh, bigger than him, and that makes the
1: difference. Man, I don't, I don't know. Uh, if he loses, he he got outskilled, in my opinion. I I don't think. Uh, I I'm like size. I, mean, is I, a... I
0: think it was an it was an energy thing though, m- more so than he was stronger. Like like the night before. When, I, when, when, when Martinez gets thrown to his back by uh, Ian Miller, who takes people to his back, I have no doubt in my mind Jason Nolf beats Isaiah Martinez on Friday night. None.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do, do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, 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 no comment. I, I, I mean, so you're saying if that was the semi, if it was a Nolf, Imar semi, that. Then with Nolf, Nolf- with,
0: yeah, yes. With, with, with Imar having to make weight the next day. Yeah. Come
1: There's, on, no man. Come yeah, on, I, dude. This is Imar. This is Imar we're talking about here. This this is uh You I think you're I looking he's too very mu- good. I think yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. I mean, not pencil. I, I was an Imar fan for right. a while.
0: I I Imar is excellent.
2: huh So, Mark Hall.
0: Imar's mean, excellent. <laughs>
2: um <laughs> Yeah, just to, to keep things on, somewhat on track here because I think this is a conversation that could, could be had for a, a while now. Um to your point, Christian, I think Hall, one of the things that interests me was was the rankings bump, um, obviously up to number four on Flow Wrestling, and I'm not sure, I was a bit surprised by that. I think if you were going to have him number four, I don't know that the Kyle crutzmer match wasn't necessarily what would have put him there. I, I either would have had him there right. before or after. Um, I still have concerns over his leg attacks. Um, I still think like six guys could win 174, if there, I think there's five yeah. or six guys that are in the same general level. Um, my, I, I have concerns with, with Mark from neutral. Um, I thought he should have lost the price, mat, price match at the scuffle, which obviously you can say should have done this, should have done that. The result shows that he got the win, and there is something to be said for wrestlers who get it done when they need to. But Price controlled the large majority of that match until getting caught, and... If you have to rely on, I don't want to call it a junk move, but it, to an extent, a junk move to to pick up a fall against an elite wrestler in the middle of the third period, you're, you you got to do a little bit better. And I think Mark could beat any of the top eight guys. I also think he could probably lose to any of the top eight guys. So it'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out in St. Louis.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you, you just look at track record with Penn State and... and... You just tend to whatever the the continuum of success or failure is. You, you just skew a little more towards success. So um, if if it if he could fall anywhere from first to round of twelve, you skew for me in that first through four range. I just I just don't think there's a, a wrestling tournament where Mark Hall's going to lose more than a match. Um, I, I think. At this point, Zahid Valencia is IMAR in uh, 2015 where there's really no reason – measurable reason to pick against that guy. He has been the best guy all year long by every measurement, and for for that reason, I think he should should be given a little more – I won't say respect, but I think he deserves that nod. He's not just some obligatory number one. He's a freshman. He hasn't lost – He's maybe one of the toughest guys to take down. He had one weird match against Ethan Ramos that he still won, where uh, he may have had a concussion, and uh, he won. He this may never ever come out. Um, I don't even know why I'm saying it, but he, he won. He I'll just say this: he won Cliff Keen Las Vegas with an injury, and um, that I won't get into. But he also he not only did he win it, he wasn't even planning on wrestling it, and and really. No one knew he was going to wrestle at Vegas, including Arizona State people, until like a day or two before, and he just basically decided he was going to go. And then he beat Brian Realbuto there and won that won that tournament. So I, I think Mark Hall could win, but just watching Zahid Valencia, man, that guy is so special, and he doesn't mm-hmm. get talked about a lot because, because he's, he's out. Yep. He's West, west Coast, uh, but um, the, the people will be talking about him. I believe in St. Louis. Just a, I think he's going to win the weight.
2: A quick touch on Zahid then. 174 or 184 next year?
1: I don't know, man. Um, it, it'll be probably a lineup decision. I don't think the 74 cut is brutal for him, but um, I don't think it's like major. I think I think he could go up potentially. Um, and that would be maybe something I – w- I could see that happening – Actually, I do. I'll say I will say. I do think it's going to happen because I think Anthony's going to go up. I think Shields goes up, and I think Sertz is inserts at 57 next year for them. So for the team, I think he'll go up, not because, oh, my gosh, I can't make 74 anymore, but because it's, it's what's going to make sense for Arizona State at 184 pounds and for their team composition. So I think he does go up, which um, will probably make some Penn State fans nervous knowing um, – Bo Nickel's going to have a t- very tough opponent to win uh, a national title next year. And even s- with Gabe Dean gone.
2: Speaking of Bo Nickel, we've got uh, quite the match at 184, by the way. And that is what we call in the industry a segue. Um, <laughs> 184 was, man. Over quickly. What else do you yeah. say at this point? What do you say?
1: I mean, don't shoot on him, but at the same time, you have to, right? Um, I I don't know what, you know, very few people have had real success against Bo Nickel. And um, he he just, he's got way too many ways to beat you and put you away. And uh, I don't know what else there is to say other than um, I think he's going to win the national title. And I've thought that for a little while now. And um, I think he's so unbelievably athletic. and and talented and has such incredible body awareness that um, I I think Gabe Dean is going to lose to him.
2: Yeah, some free advice to uh, NCAA tournament organizers. Your last last match um, come Saturday night needs to be at 184 pounds, and there's really not much of a discussion there to be had.
0: Last year it was a fan vote, right? If I'm not mistaken, it was a fan vote last year.
1: Was it? Well, um, I don't know. I, I, feel like, I feel like the NCAA doesn't leave. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> leaving it up to fans would be so stupid. I remember a couple of years ago at the All-Star match, Stieber, it was Steberport. Um, that, that's the match you end with. But they had a fan vote and shot Beckman won um, so, somehow. Love so, Beckman, like, but uh, like, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? But it's like, come on, it's uh, Steberport, guys. So they ended up uh, – fig- well, actually, Stever didn't wrestle. He had, like, blood in his urine or something <laughs> like that. So um, he didn't wrestle. But anyways, uh, don't leave it up yeah, to the fans.
0: Yeah, I just, I just Googled lesson. it. It was a fan vote last year. Oh.
2: Okay, well, well fans, kind of no, fans, no-brainer. don't screw this up. Um and it they, also, they got it I mean, Nickel gets the pin in, in 38 seconds over Nolan Boyd. Um, kind of puts the kibosh on the Didn't officially seal it, but I think at that point you kind of knew – um. Yeah. The one thing that uh, kind of transition here again, not necessarily on purpose, but just the way it worked out. The one thing that I think putting Nickel and Dean potentially last would do would allow them to open with 197 there, where you have a hometown crowd for Jaden Cox going for his third national title.
1: Yeah, I, Willie and I talked about this yesterday on radio. We said it's, it's a no-brainer. You start with a three-timer, a guy going for his third, and you end with a guy. Um, going for his third. It's simple. It's not. Uh, it's not rocket science. Uh, don't screw it up, anybody.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree with that. Now, Christian, you th- you think Bo's good with national title? I tend to agree. He hasn't been taken down all season yet so far. Is he going to go the whole year without being taken down?
1: No. No, he'll get taken down at some point. His he has wrestled good guys, um, but by and large. Um, th- this has been a, a cupcake schedule, not by design. I agree, but but um, th- just by you know the Reno thing. And well, he's wrestled then, three, no, four, five,
2: and six. To be fair,
1: yeah. He's, yeah
2: he's, or Dudley was three, Brooks was four, Boyd was five or four, and then whatever Miles Martin was.
1: Yeah. Um. I if just wish he he would be uh, wrestling gig Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. Um. <laughs> No, yeah, he I, I he'll it to get. The end. It I think he, I think he'll get taken down. I think he'll get taken down at some point. I mean, he'll probably get taken down in the Dean match. Um, they should make it best uh, out of three.
2: I would. I, yeah, they really. They're I really don't think yet, anybody so would argue with watching that match three times.
1: I know. Well, hopefully, well, I don't know if Bo will do freestyle or not, but maybe we see it in freestyle too. I think that matches uh, could be fun as well.
0: All right, let's go to 197 here. Um, Matt McCutcheon against Preston Weigel. This is the kind of match right here that McCutcheon will need to win at the NCAA tournament to get on the podium. And uh, McCutcheon pulls it out with with, with two really nice takedowns in the third period.
1: Yeah, I thought watching this match, um, I felt like they went in with a game plan. I alluded to, like, the Mm -hmm. game planning of – I thought he went in there with a – with the, the memo of don't attack early, don't do, let's get him tired, and then let's use our speed, let's use our, our wrestling ability in the third, and we're not going under this daggone monster with his banana hands and, and getting tilted up. So uh, he went in there, he fought uh, in the hand fight hard. Weigel had no interest in taking attacks. I think he probably assumed um, that he would get an opportunity on top, and he didn't. And um, he had a chance to win the match. You know, if he, if he holds him off and doesn't stall, um, you know, he could have won. But McCutcheon, I, I just felt like it was just textbook execution from a guy that I think that's what he does. I've I've long had a higher opinion of Matt McCutcheon than I think many have. Go, My going man. back to his eighty-four, going back this to his a eighty, contentious going back
0: subject on this podcast,
1: it's a sensitive subject
0: again uh, no contentious contentious is the i have been i have been
2: equally as high on matt McCutcheon throughout the season
1: well it's not it's not uh it's not complicated um uh, just look at the guys he's beaten and and they're good okay so to beat good wrestlers you probably have to be good too i know that he takes some losses but remember he's been in the toughest weight the last two years he's in one guys he's at one ninety seven now i don't care how much he weighs um he's he has more skill than Maybe all but four of the guys there. I would take him over uh, a Jake Smith, I think, even though that guy is, you know, enormous. I monster. Would, I think he would be,
2: I, I be think a guy like that. There's, there's, like you said, I think four guys that I feel really kind of uncomfortable with. I think, I don't know, tell me whether you agree here. Obviously, Cox and Farr. Uh, I think Colin Moore is just, I think Colin Moore might be, not counting Jaden, the best athlete at the weight. That guy's a freak. Um, yeah, he's good. And then Jared Hot at Virginia Tech.
1: I don't know, man. Um, Jared, uh, J- that match is going to be close with Jared. You know, that's right. every match is one, close. So it, I think that's one of the things. It's, it's,
2: it's McCutchen does is going to come.
1: I was going to say that, um, you know, it's going to be a one exchange match, and uh, I, I, I would, I, well, I'll say this. I'll say this. Of the of the names you mentioned. McCutcheon is far more likely to beat those guys than Cox, Farr, and probably Moore. Even though I thought he would I thought he would beat Moore. That Moore, Moore match was
2: closer like, than I expected. I think a lot of people were a little um, surprised and thought, thought that it was, it was a bit more dominant. Was it two points or three points with the late takedown? I think it was three points yeah, and I, Moore had a late takedown. But yeah. McCutcheon, um, I don't want to say it was on his heels, but I guess that's the way you could look at it. But I thought from what Moore does well... That was again just another good job of game planning where it doesn't make sense for McCutcheon to come out against Colin Moore and try to win a takedown fest he's just he's not going to win that match
1: no, no, so i I like McCutcheon i think um I think he'll do well at big 12, big tens excuse me in NCAAs. I think he's he's really tough, and you know he's not going to make the finals probably, although maybe there've been crazier finalists than matt McCutcheon is as crazy <laughs> yes. as that sounds. As crazy as that sounds, but um, you know, I I feel fairly certain he's gonna be uh, on the podium.
0: Yeah, um, and of course the flow guys you guys call him Matt McCutches son.
1: Uh McCutches. No look. no, come on, McCutcheson. Get it right. McCutcheson. McCutcheson. Shout out to Sion. McCutcheson. McCutcheson. Big shout out to Sion. Sion is our uh, our phonetics master. Um, he's got a lot of great – he goes P Far on Far, which is one of my favorites. That's <laughs> great. McCutcheon is a strong one. Um, pop, pop Popaluzio is, is, is the walk-off oh, from around pop, there. Yeah, that's the walk-off. That's, that's his signature. That's like the Jordan – uh, He called Pat pop, Popaluzio Pop Um <laughs> which, you know, that, that was his, his uh, signature one.
0: Now, Christian, uh, you brought up a, a wrestler uh, from Vodtech, and we, we'd be remiss um, to not mention – um, probably, you know, the biggest news in the wrestling world over the last week, which is, of course, a Vodtech head coach, Kevin Dresser, going to Iowa State. Got paid. Um, oh, yeah, he did get paid. Uh, good job, Katie. Um, and um, along with that, deciding to not coach, well, there was his decision, I don't know, but he's not going to coach the rest of the year at Virginia Tech. Um, can you talk a little bit about how this could impact um impact Vodtech going forward in the future, but then also down the stretch this year? And then – how how quickly and how and what's the ceiling for dresser at Iowa State
1: all right um first I'll clarify I'm not a Virginia Tech alum or or anything like that but I am from Virginia and I have ties to Tech my brother went there uh you know I'm a hokey was a hokey fan before this job so uh and I don't really keep secrets about the teams I've rooted for um just to ask but um yeah so Dresser goes to, to Iowa State, not coaching the Hokies the rest of the way. I'm, I'm, it's bittersweet for me because I want Virginia Tech to be good. I want all the Virginia teams to be good. I love UVA and ODU and Mason and VMI. But um, the, to, the decision to not coach is something that was kind of – it was an now or never type of situation that Iowa State put on him. They put him in that position. Um, I believe it was kind of foolish. To do that, because I think you're making this guy. If, if Dresser's the right guy, then you need to know that he's going to put the right people there. He's going to get the recruits because basically that decision is all about preserving these recruits. Mm-hmm. Right. My, my my mentality is, you know what? If if they don't want to wrestle for for Kevin Dresser, then then okay. I mean, to, to me, those guys are committed to an inferior staff, like. You realize, guys, you're going to get better training and better coaching, right? You realize there's a reason Kevin Jackson's not going to be back next year. Um, now I know a guy like Jake Alar, um, who I believe is ultimately going to go to Minnesota. He didn't go to Minnesota for, for a variety of reasons, but I think one of them is, you know, the I don't know how hard Minnesota recruited him for one, which is dumb if they didn't, but two. They had Freddie Stroker and, and Larry Early and Jake Short all at his weight range. So, um, you know maybe hmm. he didn't see it, see the path to starting there. Now they have money freed up, and so he's going to go there. But um, the ceiling for Iowa State is high. Look at the guys they get to go there. They they get good commits. Um, they have unbelievable facilities. Um, they have buy-in from the administration. They're gonna. Um, they're going to have a great coach, a coach that took the last place team at NCAAs when he inherited them, or not when he inherited them, his first year, and, and took them to fourth. That that doesn't really happen, um, hardly ever. Uh, you know, we saw it at Missouri, um, and, and and to a degree at in, at Edinburgh as well. But it's really rare to see something like that happen. And. It was It was going to continue. They're going to be good for a while at Virginia Tech. Yeah. With, with the recruiting class they have, and they were young last year, and they're still um, sophomore, junior heavy, they're going to be good next year too. So he left knowing he, he left a better team, but I don't blame him for taking advantage of an opportunity that, that he considers you know kind of almost a dream job type scenario. I think Virginia Tech is going to be fine. I think they're in capable hands. I think um, Roby Zadik, St. John, et cetera, are going to have those guys prepared for NCAA's, and maybe this will be a motivating thing uh, for that squad. And, and I think, I think we'll see Iowa State into the top ten soon. Uh, maybe not next year, but in a year or two, I think we'll see them flirting with the top ten. And I think uh, soon after that, you know, maybe four or five years, they're flirting with the top five. Maybe not four or five, maybe a little more than that. But um, it, it took him ten to go from worst to fourth. So they're not, he's not starting at worst. He's going to start probably like, I don't know, 25th, 20th. If he can um, keep, they've got some talent.
2: If he can keep Gomez for clearing and Phillips in the fold, it's a heck of a way to start.
1: Yeah, yeah, the cupboard is far from empty there. So I think he's going to be fine. Uh, also, Iowa State News, I don't know if you heard, Pat Downey off the team. So that's interesting.
0: Oh, did that happen today? I was just reading yeah. about him earlier today. Yeah, that. Oh,
1: man, yeah, that happened. Well,
0: how- that, that so, made Nashville like five percent less enjoyable. Lucky for
1: lucky for there. Bo Nickel, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm
2: lucky for Bo Nickel and style. Gabe Dean.
1: And really, probably Jaden yeah. Cox if we're thinking 86 kilograms. Although no, he could go freestyle still. So
0: yeah, he's not kicked off that.
1: Stay woke on the world but, team spot for Pat Downey.
0: I I'd, I'd very much like to see David Taylor wrestle Pat Downey 86
1: kilograms. Oh, my gosh. It'd be a demolition. i very much like to see
2: it. Well, CP, um, got through the duel, kind of touched on some Iowa State stuff. Uh, don't want to take up too much of your time here. Anything else you want to talk about?
1: No. Um, thanks for having me. Um, we're we're going to continue to look to improve and push um, at Flow Wrestling. Uh, head to flowwrestling.org. Um, yeah, check out our content. If you have any questions for me. Uh, I'm on Twitter at cpiles8. And, uh, yeah, thanks again.
0: Absolutely. And, and Christian, where can they find uh, you and Willie Saylor's podcast slash radio show for those who might be interested after listening to this podcast?
1: Yeah, Flow Wrestling Radio Live um, can be accessed a couple different ways. You can find us on the homepage. Just search Flow Wrestling Radio Live on Flow Wrestling. Uh, we're available on iTunes. Just search Flow Wrestling Radio Live. We're on uh, Libsyn, and we're on what's it called? Uh, Stitcher for, for all you yeah. Android Android people. So yeah, a lot of different ways to, to, to find us. And also the OTT app. Um, if you have Apple TV or Roku, the uh, video episodes. If you want to watch us talk, it's riveting. Um, <laughs> you you can do that as well.
0: Willie can be funny sometimes. Uh, with his expressions. It, it can be worth it sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hear you.
2: Um,
0: All righty. For a Penn State. All righty, well. Uh, no, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to wrap it up here uh, with, with some housekeeping. Obviously, Penn State off this upcoming weekend. Um, the NCAA uh, seeding allocations uh, or birth allocations for the, for the conference, excuse me, will come out on Thursday, February 23rd. This podcast will be out before then. Look for that. And then next week, obviously, the Big Ten Seeds um we'll have another show next week to, to break down the big 10 tournament um clay anything else to add
2: nothing to add uh kind of as christian said you can find us on libsyn too um stitcher spreaker itunes soundcloud and at MattTalkOnline.com. um other than that just glad, glad to get back to it um glad to have another dual championship under the belt and looking forward to the tournament season
0: Yep. All right. So signing off here uh, for Clay and, again, our special guest, uh, Christian Piles, for joining us today. Um, I'm Garrett Carr, and we will talk to you guys next week. Peace out. Uh,